Today on the Profitable Trady Podcast. To lots of business owners, sometimes that's blind leading the blind. You know, this stuff is not stuff you get taught, you know from doing an apprenticeship. There's no sort of manual for marketing your plumbing, your electrical, painting, glazing, tiling, whatever is landscaping type business. If we don't really get this right in terms of strategy and, and actually being sure what we're, what we're going to do and what's going to work, uh, we can run into some pretty big problems. He signed up for this uh, agency four months down the track, zero jobs, several thousand dollars spent and uh, no action. But then again, Neil may have been able to know better had he listened to an episode such as this. When owners of plumbing, electrical or similar businesses get a bit short on work, they often jump in and try some marketing. But most often their efforts are doomed to fail. In today's episode, we're going to talk through why this is and how to avoid this happening to you. Alrighty, Tony Fraser-Jones here, the host of the Profitable Trading Podcast. You have arrived at the podcast and uh, you've arrived here with myself and uh, Phil Smith, my co-host. What is happening today? Phil. Oh, you've stumped me with that. What is happening today? I'm sitting here with uh with my mate Tony drinking coffee and talking about uh some interesting chat. Well done. Yeah, thank you. It's taking a while to prepare that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. what are we digging into today, Chief? Mate, we're talking about what to do when you need more work and it's time to do some marketing. And specifically about the mistake that lots of people make, which is going to cause them to just jump into any old marketing without getting their strategy clear first, which is uh Pretty dire mistake to make. Yes, yeah, strategy is important with marketing, and we definitely want to pick that apart today. And uh, we've seen lots of people get desperate and uh, snatch at the first type of marketing that comes along. Often when uh, someone calls them on the phone, sometimes with a suspect accent. Did I say that? I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, but relax, it's true. Relax. But it's true. And uh, they say, yeah, let's do it. And then, um, you know, down the track, they're in the hole for uh, a bunch of marketing investment. Yep. and uh, there's no jobs or leads coming in. And they're just frustrated, and they're like, oh, marketing doesn't work. What a pile of horse manure. Yeah, yeah. The other one we see a lot is, um, you know, hey, I need to do some marketing. So I asked a couple of other business owners, hey, what marketing do you do? What mm-hmm. works for you? And then just uh, replicate whatever they're doing, even though they target completely different people for different reasons and different ways on different media platforms. But I copy them, and then I'm like, you know what? Marketing doesn't work. And it's like, well, I mean, you didn't do and the right look, thing. But. And unfortunately, and you know, with respect to, to lots of business owners, sometimes that's blind leading the blind. Yeah. Uh, because um, you know this stuff is not stuff you get taught or you know from doing an apprenticeship. There's no sort of manual for marketing your plumbing, your electrical or Painting, glazing, tiling, whatever is landscaping type business. Yeah, it makes it pretty hard. And uh, do you have a little story to kick us off? Well, come up with a story. Yeah. Yeah, it's about um, Neil. Neil. Old Neil, eh? Neil actually owns a plumbing business. Neil was short of work. He got called by a company that was selling online directories. This one was called Builders Crack. And um, he signed up for this uh, agency. And um, four months down the track, Zero jobs, several thousand dollars spent, and uh, no action. Poor Neil. Poor Neil. But then again, Neil may have been able to know better had he listened to an episode such as this. Well, that's possibly true. Yeah. Uh, and he spent a lot of time pricing jobs that just went nowhere. They were just kind of tire kickers and price shoppers, and, and it was a bit of a nightmare. Uh, and it really hurt his his confidence. That's the big thing. You know, he had a problem that he was trying to solve, and the problem hasn't gone away. It's actually got worse because he's invested time and money without getting a result. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think one of the big things we saw from Neil in the end, which is kind of what we alluded to earlier, is 
Neil also lost a lot of confidence, not just in himself, but in marketing as a whole. And I know it was really hard to get him to try something else after that. You know, and understandably so, yeah. because well, his experience was this doesn't work. Yeah, and the problem for him was that his target market was high-end builders. And uh, unfortunately, high-end builders were not really using this directory. <laughs> no. Hmm. And uh, I mean, as we all know, if you target high-end builders, it's not like they Google you. You know, they're not Googling around trying to find a new Sparky. They have or a plumber in this case. Yeah, or but, plumber in yeah. this case. But, you know, that's not really the way they operate, right? Not and they're certainly not seeing your little posts on Facebook that say, hey, meet the team, and thinking, oh, wow, you know, this guy's got a plumber called Cody. Cody looks like a good guy because he's into fishing and Ford Rangers. Guess I'm going to change plumber. That's uh, What have you got against <laughs> Cody? <laughs> hey, Cody, some, Cody's probably Cody, a great guy. It's just the first name came to my is head. Is Cody in your past life who's wronged you somewhere? Nah, Cody's a swell fellow. Uh, anyway, my point is, if we don't really get this right in terms of strategy and, and actually being sure what we're, what we're going to do and what's going to work, uh, we can run into some pretty big problems. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is, like Neil, you get a telemarketing call and you sign up to a bunch of marketing stuff that doesn't work or wasn't really appropriate for your business in the first place, but you weren't, uh, you didn't really understand why or why not it wouldn't work. I think the next thing is, if, if you don't have a good strategy in place, you tend to have really up and down, you know, lead flow or deal flow, if you like. Uh, so you'll be busy and then just not busy and you feel like you've got no real levers to pull to actually make the work come in. And then that follows through to cash flow, right? If, you, if your marketing is not strong and it's a little bit hand-to-mouth, you're waiting for the phone to ring or the whatever, you get tight on cash. You know, you have a couple of good months. This is a big one, actually, because the hard part with this is that the workflow problems turn into bad cash flow problems because, firstly, you have a slow patch, not that much work on, and so cash is tight. But after that, maybe you have a big job starting, and then you're cool. You're like, yeah, we got work again. You start that job, but you pay to do that job before you're able to invoice for it. So usually one slow month can turn into two bad cash flow months, and so we get really behind. Yeah, it's tough. And then you feel frustrated with the whole concept of marketing uh, and, in fact, business and life, and you kind of give up. And, or this is another big, big problem. Uh, if you don't know how to market well, you often take low margin work. And this is pe- something people don't really understand is if, you, if you're not doing profitable work, often it's because you've got jobs that aren't profitable and you just keep doing them because you're like, well, what choice do I have? I've got to keep the boys or the girls, the team busy. I need the work. So I'll just do the work. And I, I sort of, I'm a price taker. Yeah. And if you have no real way of getting more work, then you have no leverage, no power. And you take the you know the lowest margin work, and that's a big problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely uh, cancerous to your business. So on the other hand, if we can get the marketing strategy right, yeah, we get consistent workflow and good profit and good cash flow. So it's the it's the reverse. It's like a good cycle. We've got plenty of work to choose from. We can target high margin work, gives us good profit and good cash flow. You yeah, get, you know you get good return on your marketing spend. And there's something else here that's really powerful: a good marketing and the ability to market well and the gives you confidence and it gives you confidence to hire new employees. You know, there's nothing worse than being busy and thinking, well, shall I hire someone? Shall I not? What if the work dries up? If you don't have any confidence to get more work. Mm. Uh, and so that's important. It allows you to invest in equipment for your business. Maybe a new premises, maybe a new workshop, maybe a new digger or excavator, whatever it is. Uh, that's going to help the business grow and grow and grow. So it's actually at the bottom of the confidence to grow your business. Yeah, big time. I mean, everything starts from getting jobs uh, in your business. And so in this case, if you've got the confidence to bring jobs in at a good margin, you've got the confidence to do everything that flows from that, which is basically uh, all the rest of the business functions. So it's pretty important. Well, let's dig into um, how we actually get into the strategy thing, because I think it's easy to say it, but 
not so easy to understand sometimes. It is, yeah. And I think the first thing is that um, your marketing problem or lack of work problem, is it really a marketing problem? That's the first question we, you know, we always get our, the members of our coaching programs to think about uh, because just because you don't have jobs doesn't mean you haven't got people inquiring. What it actually means is you're not signing jobs up and doing them. Yep. And so there's a missing link between marketing and doing the job, and that's called sales. That's the ability to take the leads you've got and turn them into jobs. Yeah. And there's a bunch of steps there, isn't there? You know, you got you get an inquiry, maybe uh, you've got to do some pricing estimate site visit, then you've got to put a quote or a tender or a bid together, you've got to get them to say yes, and so there's some steps in that process. So if you're not measuring that, that could be where it's falling down, and often it is. You know, yep. people are uh, not following up their quotes or their bids. They're doing quotes and bids for the wrong type of people. Uh, maybe their inquiry process is terrible and when people ring up or email, they don't get a professional impression of your business because it's kind of half-assed and, and a bit ad hoc. And so all of those things can make a huge difference. You know, So if your conversion rate is 30% and you get 10 leads, that means you've got three jobs. Yep. Is my maths good? Yeah, 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 you're on. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So if you doubled your conversion rate to 60%, now you'd have six jobs. Yeah. Do you need any more marketing? Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. And so that's that's really critical. Are you actually good at making these turn into jobs? Yeah. And the, I mean, there's a flow on from that as well, because it's not just the time that you have doing the jobs that you need to do or doing the marketing to bring in those leads. It's also the time spent pricing to actually mm -hmm. price those jobs. It's the sales time that you spend trying to get those jobs over the line. So it's not just the fact that you don't have the work, it's that you spend a lot of time trying to get the work that didn't turn into work, which can be really, really tough. And honestly, it's usually lower hanging fruit to improve your conversion. So in this case, again, like you say, if we have 10 leads and we convert at 60%, we get six jobs. But if we can convert at 80%, we get eight jobs. We've got two more straight away, um, you know, which is a 33% increase in sales. Um, you know, and that's pretty damn significant. No extra leads. So in this case, we really, really need to, to focus on that first because otherwise if we go and ramp up those leads, uh, we're leaving jobs on the table. So if we take those same conversion stats, ramp them up, you get 50% more leads, or 100% more leads, so 10 goes to 20, you know, we've, we've doubled our lead flow. Um, then, you know, you're either going to end up with 12 or you can end up with 16 on those same conversion rates. So again, I'd rather have the 16. If we don't improve the sales first, we leave those other four jobs on the table after we've spent the time, A, getting the lead, B, pricing the job, C, trying to sell the job, which is just a lot more overhead as well. Massive so, amount of work goes into pricing that, you know, you never get back if you don't win the job. So that's the first place to look is, yeah. am, are we doing a good job at selling stuff? Yeah. Am I actually closing the leads I yeah. get before I go ramping them up and just wasting more? So got to get that right. Yeah. Next thing is, um, we see this a lot, <laughs> but the mistake a lot of guys are going to make is that they start off with their marketing and they think about the marketing channel first rather than the marketing strategy. So what I mean by that is they think I'm going to do Facebook marketing, or I'm going to do Instagram, or I'm going to send emails, or I'm going to send some mail, or I'm going to, you know, do TikTok. Who knows? Google ads. Google ads. You know, anything at all. But they choose a channel before they actually think about why they use that channel or how they'll use that channel. And so we've got a pretty good little, uh, um, what's it called? Model. Three, uh, TWA, three-word abbreviation. The three which, M's. Yeah, which is going to work here. And um, not something we invented. Uh, Dan Kennedy is kind of like the the godfather of response marketing, and he talks about the three M's of marketing. And so the first M is market. Who are we targeting? 
The second M is message. So what do they need to hear from us to buy from us? And the third thing is media. How are we going to get our message to that market? So the first thing uh, we dig into is, is market. And this is absolutely critical. If you get this wrong, you're lost at the start. What type of work do you want to get? Yeah. Who do you want to do work with? And uh, to say anyone, well, you know, that's like a desperado at the pub on a Friday night, right? It's yeah. not a great strategy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it, The more you can be precise about who you want to target, the easier it is to figure out what's important to them and how we reach them. Not to mention the easier it is to actually, um, you know, look appealing in your marketing and also to, um, you know, to close that work. You know, if you think about a any specific problem you might have with your health. So, for example, if I have a heart issue, do I want to see my general practitioner, my local doctor, or do I want to see a heart surgeon, you know, a heart specialist? Well, I want the heart specialist, right? Because I want the very best. And so the thing is, is anybody with a heart problem, which is going to be the bigger, juicier jobs in that profession, you know, they're going to go and see the specialist, not the general practitioner. Uh, same thing, if I've got a lung issue, I want to go and see, you know, a lung specialist. I don't want to go and see my, uh, you know, my general practitioner. So it's the same and, thing. And you'll pay more for the privilege. That happily. You will, you will. And, and you'll do it happily. And the thing is, is that that person actually doesn't have to try quite so hard to market themselves or to sell their services because they're a specialist. Now, the thing is, you say, oh, but what if I do lots of different types of work? I'm like, cool, so you do different types of marketing as a specialist for these different types of work and you just do more than one thing at once. But the fact is, is standing on the street corner and saying, I'm an electrician that does any general electrical work is actually going to turn a lot of people off because it makes you look like a jack of all trades and a master of none. Um, whereas if somebody then comes past and they say, well, you know what, I want a switchboard upgrade and uh, they drive past this random guy who's shouting from the rooftops, I do generally anything. And then they drive past somebody else who says, I'm an expert in switchboard upgrades. Well, you pick the expert, right? So same with any type of yeah. work. And so this this whole thing of the three M's is, you know, like, for example, if you're targeting uh, high-end building contractors, there's no point doing Google Ads for that because you know where these people are. You can get a list of them so you can get really clear on who the market is with specificity rather than just even builders. You're like, I want high-end you know, residential builders who do architectural homes. That's the kind of plumbing work or electrical work that we want to do. That's the people we want to be with. Yeah. You can go find a list of them. You know, you can identify them by name. Yeah. Uh, and then you can craft a message that works for them, talking about the fact that you you specialise in this type of work and you understand the needs of their clients who are extra picky and, you know, who have high-end specification needs. You can talk about that stuff. Mm. So now you've got the market, you've got the message, and then the media. Well, you choose a direct route to get there. So you've got a list of their names, you send them direct mail. Then you follow up with email, phone call, text. And that's how you do it really simple, low-cost way of doing it rather than bombing the whole internet and Facebook with ads that they may or may not see. Yeah, 100%. So we got market, we got message, we got media. Why don't we pull these apart a little bit more? Let's start with market. Now, for me, I think with this, it's really, really important to to understand the way that we break this down. And for me, there's there's two kind of main categories and then subcategories underneath. And it's essentially, do I have the names or do I not have the names? So if I have the names, that's going to be to be or direct response. It's people I can contact. B2B is B2B business. B2B is business to, to business. business. Essentially, it's am I working for businesses? So that's, you know, building contractors, general contractors, it's uh, property managers, it's stratas, it's, you know, schools, it's government work, it's anyone that you can target a business. It might be, you know, commercial work, it industrial might be you know, industrial work. work. It's businesses where I know that I'm targeting a business, a business is who's going to pay me. 
And usually you can find those names, which is why we say you have the names. You can get lists or you can make lists. Now, on the other hand, the other category, you know, widely in marketing circles, we get called B2C or business to consumer. But for our intents and purposes, it's essentially homeowners. And so this is when you're doing your know, work for homeowners. Um, and the reason we say you don't have the names is because, well, firstly, it's just not economical to send marketing to every single homeowner in your entire city. That's, that's going to be a lot of people. And you don't know which ones of them are actually realistically in the market for your services. So generally, you don't have those names and you need to do a different type of marketing to pick up those leads. So yeah. And uh, actually, there's a little point there, a little, little gold dust we can sprinkle there. Sometimes if you are dealing with homeowners, you can actually figure out who their names are. For example, if they've put building consents into a council or a local authority, often those authorities will print lists of people who have put building consents in. You can buy those lists and market to them directly. It's a little bit of our magic you can do there. Yeah. You know, uh, because you'll know that they'll be in the market for your services because they're doing some building. Yeah, uh, that's right. And so, you know, figuring out no name or name is important. And yep. even a step before that, you know, who do you actually want to target? Look at the work you do now. Back cost it. Figure out what's the most profitable, what work you like doing, what work you're good at. Target more of that stuff. Yeah, don't just pick one randomly. Yeah. Be strategic about what yeah. you choose, right? And again, yeah, your margin comes in there. Also, the ease of work, your specialty, you know, within your team, there might be certain types of what you're just really good at, very efficient at, and you do a really great job. But be strategic about who you choose. So once you've got your broad category, it's either we have the names, which is going to be usually- yeah, sorry for the digression there, Chief. <laughs> well, no, you're right. You're either, you're either we're working for, for businesses, largely, we have the names, or it could be you're working for homeowners that have put themselves on a consent list. That's kind of a caveat. Or you're working for homeowners, which means you don't have the names, you're targeting more general and, and you know having to pick these up with more of a dragnet style. So with that, you know, obviously you're going to look down a level deeper within that. So if you're targeting businesses, you know, is it builders? And again, what type of builders, what type of work are they doing? You know, again, if it's industrial work, what type of industrial work, what are they specializing in? What are you going to be able to do? You know, property managers, it's like, again, am I doing, you know, people that do high rise apartments or am I doing people that are, you know, managing standalone homes? You know, so again, like just get a bit more specific within that niche and get clear. Because after that, we can start to craft our message. We can. And and like an example here helps is, you know, if you're targeting uh, industrial processing plants and you're an electrician or a sparky, you deal with, you know, industrial equipment, automation equipment. Well, the message there is that we can respond, and, and this is a business that operates 24-7. They always, you know, they have shifts running in a processing plant. We can be there within an hour, day or night, because we know if you're, you know, if you have issues, your uh, factory's going to crash and it's going to cost you tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars for every hour that you shut. Yeah. That would be in your messaging. Yeah, your where, SLA is crucial. Yeah, you're, we're there 24-7. Now, is that the same message that you would send to a high-end architectural builder? No, it's not. It's a different message. Yeah, it's, you know, 100%. we understand all the latest equipment and we're ahead of all the home automation and we can help you figure out, you know, what's going to work for the client and we're great at pricing and estimating work and doing variations. That would be more of the messaging that would go there. Yeah, and even if you were going to play the time aspect, it's like, again, to the industrial automation plant, you're going to be much more about your SLA, how quickly you can get there with where the high-end builder. It's much more about, you know, we're going to be able to be there on, on the day, yeah. we'll work exactly within the timeframes that we that we promise because we don't want to hold up your other sub-trades uh, and, you know, hold up your build. So the thing is, it's it's kind of still time, but it's a very different angle and that very much depends on who you're talking to. And again, if we take that same time aspect and relate that to a homeowner, it's a different message again because what they want to know is that you'll be there when you say you'll be there and you want to be able to give them a more specific aspect of time than just I'll be there sometime 
the end of this week yeah. because that's hard for them to get home for, right? Or we'll text you, you know, we've got a text set up, we'll text you when we're on our way. Whatever it is, you'll, you'll be really yeah. clear on the time. That's uh, right. Another example might be, uh, you know, you're you're dealing with, with residential properties, but one's through a property manager or a real estate company or strata and one's with a homeowner. So the real estate company, you know that they, they, they do a pay run twice a month to their clients. So you can talk about that and say, well, make sure all our invoices are in before the the tenth of the month and the thirtieth of the month, so you can do your your you know your rent runs really quickly. Yeah, which would be a different message that you would have to a homeowner who owns the same sort of house. Yeah, yeah, big time. So again, it's just getting that specificity. And I mean, another point there is jargon. So like, if I'm talking to a you know high end builder or you know architect or something, I want to use enough jargon to show that I know what I'm talking about. If I dumb things down too much, it may be easy to understand, but I might not show my credibility on, on the topic. Whereas on the other hand, if I'm speaking to a homeowner and I use all that jargon, um, the hard part is they probably don't understand what the hell I'm talking about like, and, mm-hmm. I, and, they, and I lose them, right? I need to put things into, into you know, terms that they understand. Classic one, uh, my sister uh, called up the other day um, a plumber and he said, oh yeah, cool, like, uh, what are you calling about? Is it drain on blocking? Is it this? Is it that? And she, he gave all these different categories of things that uh, she could be calling about, and she had no idea. Like all she knew was um, my, you know, my sink smells. Um, and you know, obviously, he was able to deduct from there. But the thing is, he gave her categories to pick from, and she didn't know what any of them meant. And that can be a major turnoff, especially if you don't have someone on the phone. If you're just trying to capture them online or, or the like. Yeah, that's a problem with marketing as a business owner. We think about it from our perspective as a business owner. It's about turning it around to what is the client perspective. That's and that's right. what we mean by strategy with marketing. That's what really makes it work. That's right. So that really digs into the message. And then let's talk about the media. The media really is once you know who you're going to target and what's important to them in terms of the messaging, what's the easiest way to get that to them? And yep. we're talking about channels there. So rather than starting with the channel, we end with the channel. So that would be if you're targeting homeowners and we don't know their names and and we're looking for response work, then Google Ads is a is a reasonable thing to do. Yeah. Or maybe Facebook ads. That's great. Yeah. Even uh, Instagram. Instagram. Could be great. Yeah. All that stuff is fine. Uh, if you're uh, targeting high end builders, then it's much more likely to get the list and send them some direct mail or approach them directly. You know, face to face or over the phone. That's a much more Powerful strategy, low cost strategy. Hundred percent. I mean, builders. Honestly, builders are not sitting around googling um, a plumber to try to change plumber. Google. You know, builders are not sitting around looking on Facebook, seeing your post about you know meet the team, like we said about a uh, about meet Cody. That's not how they choose their sub trades. You know, like this is a relationship based sale, and you're going to need to end up trying to you know contact and then talk to these people and build a relationship. And you can do that because you can find them, you can seek them out. So sending something, as you said, like direct mail, is, is a great way to contact these people. Whereas on the other hand, you know, a homeowner is going to jump on Google. They realize I've got a problem. So the first thing they do is they jump on and they Google, you know, someone to solve that problem. So it's it's the same strategy, but it works for one market and not for the other. That's right. So so it's all about strategy and, and not falling into the trap of, I need work. There's some marketing out there. Let's try it. Yeah. Because that's a luck strategy, not a strategy strategy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we don't want to rely on luck. Not when, uh, not when, no. as we said, this is really the starting point for all the functions of our business. Like, if you've got enough leads, you can usually get enough sales. You get enough sales, you got work to do. You got work to do. You can have uh, money coming in, and you can collect that money and uh, and keep the whole cycle going. Confident again. to to grow your business as well. That's a real key is the confidence. That's uh, right. Marketing gives you a lot of confidence. Yeah, big time. So, 
all in all, we want to get those three M's in place. Let's yeah. land this plane. So the thing about marketing is that you've got to think strategy. Who are you going to target? What message is important for them and how you get that message to them? Start with strategy rather than focusing on what channel and you'll make money. Turn your marketing into an investment rather than a cost. Thanks, Eats, for listening. We'll catch you all again next time. See you later. Next week on the Profitable Tradie Podcast, I interview Luke Hayhoe from Carpet Repairs, who's a member of the Million Dollar Tradie Program and has built a super successful business in Auckland, New Zealand. Now, Luke has an amazing story of persistence in the face of almost overwhelming odds that saw him come close to losing his business and his home. He's turned the business around into a profitable machine and is on track to double his revenue. Tune in as Luke talks through his challenging journey and he shares all the lessons that he's learned. If you're serious about taking your service business to the next level, be sure to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Tradie, and other valuable resources to help you on your journey. And don't forget to hit the follow button and stay up to date with our latest episodes. That's all for today, folks. We hope you found this episode of The Profitable Tradie podcast helpful and informative. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next one.